Good morning. Morning, Matthew. Good morning, rest of you. Thank you. It's wonderful to uh, have another opportunity just to uh, share God's word. Um, before I start, who of you, by just by raising your hands, who, have, who of you has come to this or has joined this church after 2019? Okay, a lot of hands. And so, um, like Andre said, um, Clara is celebrating her fourth birthday. And that means that we are in this congregation for just over four years. And it's amazing how God has added. I think, Donnie, you must help me. I think there were like 40 or 50 of us here. And God has almost doubled that, uh, doubled the membership, I think, um, added to leadership. Um, we are in a position where we can send some of our worship, our key worship leaders, we can send them to different congregations. God has been doing wonderful things, and um, yeah, it's just a privilege to be part of it. Um, yeah, so this morning I'm going to share uh, a message on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, we are in the vein of the Holy Spirit, and we spoke a couple of Sundays of um, being in the Spirit and stuff like that, uh, and this morning I want to focus on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and uh, who can I, one of the youthies, Emma, oh no, this will be unfair, okay, um, if, we, <laughs> if we speak about the gifts of the Spirit, who can tell me what scripture comes to mind? What letter, what chapter, anyone? If I ask you to prepare a message on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Egan, you have it. Almost, 1 Corinthians 12. But it's basically 1 Corinthians 12 all the way to 1 Corinthians 14. So those three chapters. And so what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to unpack um, the whole chapter. And, but it won't be very long, you don't have to um, worry that it will be boring, it will actually be very, um, yeah. So before we go there, let's quickly look at the background and the context of, of this letter. Um, so this letter is obviously written by Paul, like a majority of the New Testament letters, and it is written somewhere between 53 and 55 AD, so 53 to 55 years after Jesus, um, this letter was written to the church of Corinth, or the church in Corinth. And uh, to know something about the city of Corinth, it, 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 it was set, uh, situated at a very flourishing crossroad for sea traffic. And so there were a lot of trade happening, um, and obviously with that, there were a lot of different religions and different cultures, and it was just this cauldron of diversity basically and um but there was also a roman colony so that means that they were very spiritual okay the people in corinth was very very spiritual people they involved spirituality into their everyday life in social clubs politics um, everything was was so, so it is into this immensely spiritual background that paul brought the gospel and he planted a church in the city of Corinth. And he uh, spent a couple of years there, and then he left. And 
a little while after he left, someone wrote a letter, reported to him about what happened or what is busy happening in, in, in this church. And this caused P, uh, Paul to write this letter. And so if, you, if we take the, the letter of, uh, or the first letter of Corinthians, it has 60, uh, 16 chapters, and it can actually teach us a lot of things about how church should be done, various doctrines, various um, theologies and stuff that, that comes out of there. And so just to mention a few, um, Paul speaks about sexual immorality, speaks about social snobbery, um, marriage, divorce, speaks about participation in pagan religion, and then also um, the order within corporate worship, and so how we ought to behave, basically, um, when we come together on a Sunday and, and worship. And um, but Paul also addresses the thing of spiritual gifts. So you can imagine if you're in this setting, in this, say, for instance, Brackenfell, and everyone here is super spiritual. Not always the right stuff, kind of weird stuff out there, but everyone is super, super spiritual. Eventually that stuff will creep into the church. Am I right? And so Paul addresses the thing of spiritual gifts. And out of the 16 chapters, he spends three chapters, chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14, on this, I almost want to say issue, on this aspect. In chapter 12, he unpacks, and explains the role and the function of spiritual gifts. Chapter 13, we all know chapter 13, gets quoted at a lot of weddings, doesn't even have to be Christian weddings, um, but we all know love is patient, love is kind, and I'll get to that. And then in chapter 14, he speaks about the order within corporate worship, speaks about tongues and prophecy, and if someone brings a tongue, it needs to be interpreted. So you are more than welcome to go read through um, those three chapters if you want to. But today I want to stand still and unpack chapter 12 a little bit. So Bianca, you can put it on the board and you can leave it there. Um, I will constantly go back to that and you guys can follow there. And so um, let's, let's read from verse 1. So Paul has been speaking um, on a lot of different topics um, and, and he comes to chapter 12 and he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So basically Paul says, before I start to unpack this thing and before I start to explain this, let me just establish one fact. And that is, do not throw out the baby with the bathwater. So what will happen is um, when our tendency, if we struggle to explain stuff, then we ignore it. Okay, and there's a lot of people in church today as well. Um, I'm not going to dishonor them, but things like tongues and things like um, like the gift of healing and, and prophecy and stuff like that, um, they find that kind of too weird for their liking and then they ignore it completely. And so Paul starts and he says, don't do this, okay? Because without the Holy Spirit, you cannot glorify God. 
It's impossible. You need the Holy Spirit. We cannot forsake the Holy Spirit. But he says it is important for us to understand what is the role and the function of spiritual gifts. Okay, you guys with me? Okay. Um, let me, before I continue, I just want to just wanna say this. Um, like I said now, they're in the church today, and I, I follow these guys on social media, and I sometimes are very, very, I must admit, I'm very irritated by some of the opinions out there, uh, where you get people on the far right that believe that the sign gifts, like miracles and, and, and healing and speaking in tongues and those stuff, have ceased. They were the last apostle that died. Those gifts also died. And then you get guys on the way other end of the spectrum that are like a little bit weird, eh? a little bit uh, too much. Like just everything is super spiritual. And something very interesting and is that um, I read once that Paul, in this, in this letter, in the very beginning of this 1 Corinthians, um, Paul speaks about a guy sleeping with his stepmom. Okay, you guys know the story. Um, but Paul didn't say, call him in and let's have a prayer ministry and cast out the demons. No, Paul said, if he doesn't stop that, then we must hand him over to Satan. And so sometimes we want to blame shift. We want to say, oh, but the devil made me do it. Or, um, and yes, there, there can be strongholds and stuff, but we can't be like Eve and like Adam were that said, but it was the snake that made me, me do it. So... Um, I, I love the, I think it is in, in uh, 1 John, where John says that greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. And so we all have that ability to actually stop what we are doing. Um, so we get people that are very spiritual. Everything is just this super spiritual. And it's good, but we also just need to balance this thing. Um, we, we do believe in healing. We do believe, believe in prophecy. Um, we do believe in people bringing tongues and the interpretation of tongues because we read it in Scripture. But we also cannot be sign seekers. We cannot love Jesus for what he can do. We need to love Jesus for who he is. Um, so with that being said, we can continue reading in verse 4. Um, in verse 4 it says, And now there are v- uh, varieties of gifts but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is, but it is the same God who empowers them in everyone. And so we see there in chapter 4, 5, and 6 that there are different categories of gifts. We see in verse 4, um, Paul calls it gifts. Um, in verse 2, he calls it services. And in verse 3, he calls it activities. And we'll get to that now. But the very first thing, so if you are taking notes, here's the first point that I want you guys to note. And that is the last part there that says, um, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And so you cannot, through knowledge, through reading your Bible, through spending time, through practice, Get these gifts. These gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can develop them. Yes, you can become better in prophecy. Um, yes, you can be a, become a better teacher or a better pastor. Or you can become better at serving. But the gifts come from God. All right, you cannot make it happen within yourself. It must come from God. That's the first thing. The second thing is 
we read in verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I want to focus on that last part, the common good. If we, Bianca, if you quickly put Luke 11, verse 11 on the board for us, please. And you can read with me there. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give, good, uh, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so we see there that God gives us good gifts. It is for the, for the common good. And so what is the reason for these gifts? Why do you think God gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, it is to glorify God. All right, as we pray for Marco and we trust with Marco and he gets a job, then who gets the glory? The person who prayed for Marco? No, Marco glorifies God. He says, thank you, God. And so the first reason for the gifts is to glorify God. The second reason is to build up the church. Okay, when, when Jesus spoke to Peter, he says, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And God is constantly building his church. Like I said in the beginning, this church here were 40, 50 members. Now we are 100 members. So God is building in us. He develops new leaders. He, he brings up new worship leaders, new um, uh, elders, uh, more communities. And so God is using these gifts to build his church. The third reason why these gifts are there is so that we can endure uh, faithfully to the end. Now, Bianca, I actually didn't see this one, so you must just trust me. You can go read in Romans 8, verse 22. Um, Paul speaks about the whole creation that is groaning in pains of childbirth. And he says, uh, as we eagerly await adoption into sonship. So who of you guys can say, by the raising of your hand, life is easy? Life is just super smooth. Nothing goes wrong. Okay, if you do it, then just don't raise because maybe something. So if you haven't experienced hardship, it will happen. This life is cruel. This life is, sorry, sorry, young ones. I know that you have a lot of ambition and stuff, but soon enough you will realize that this world is broken. And we are, like Paul says, we are groaning in like a lay, like a woman in childbirth. And, um, and we, as we eagerly await the adoption into sonships. And so the third reason why God gives us, the Holy Spirit gives us these spiritual gifts is so that we can actually endure. So if we, we prayed for Vilma, um, she started, uh, Vilma, how's the, is it still there? Okay, we prayed for Vilma for, uh, she started to feel like there's a migraine coming. And so it's a good example as we, we, for no other reason, just because Vilma is God's daughter and like we want the best for our children, God wants the best for her. And so now we come alongside and say, Lord, we pray for healing. Please come and heal her. And so that is a, a reason. And then the last one is to advance the kingdom of God. Um, back then, the old covenant, the kingdom of God was on a mountain uh, and later it was in a temple. And now the kingdom of God is inside of us. Bible says we are the body, ach, we are the temple, our bodies are a temple, 
for the Holy Spirit. And so where we go, the Holy Spirit go. And so if you are Monday, uh, Monday's a public holiday, Tuesday, if you are at your job and uh, someone says, oh, my mother, uh, whatever, or my sister lost their job, and you quickly pray for that person, and the person actually gets a new job, God is glorified, first of all, but we also advance the kingdom in doing that, in, in deliverance. When people come and we pray and we see people get delivered, the kingdom of God um, advances. And so just to quickly go back to the three categories, and I'm really not going to stand too long still on this, um, but in chapter, uh, in verse 4, it speaks of gifts. Um, the gifts, uh, if you look at the Greek translation for, for that word, uh, or the meaning for that, um, it is, uh, it is something that you receive without merit by divine grace. Um, if you uh, look at the, in verse 5, um, another word for service is also offices. And so what is the difference between someone coming in here, using me as an example, every third or fourth Sunday I pray and I get a word for the congregation. And so that God is giving me the gift of prophecy and we all should be able to prophesy but then you get Milani coming and she is a prophet and so the difference between that is um, someone who received the gift and someone who are the gift uh, and and is the one better than the other is the one that carries the gift that are the gift is is that person cooler than the one that and that is not necessarily the case because here's point number three and if you are taking notes, if you are going to forget everything this morning, please remember this. And it is the following. The gifts are not for you. Okay? You get that? I'm not going to use Danish tactics. And I ask you to repeat after me. Um, but you can circle it or highlight it or underline it. The gifts are not for you. If you have a, a, a gift, um, if, if God gives you a gift, he gives it to you to be a blessing to other people. And so in, um, when, when the Pharisees asked Jesus, but like, so all of the laws, how many laws are there? 600 and a lot. Um, when when the Pharisees asked Jesus, so which of these laws are the most important? What did Jesus say? He said, love the Lord your God. And he said, next to that, love your neighbor. Love people. And so all of those laws can be summarized in four words. Love God and love people. And we as broken vessels, as sinful human beings, we have a inherited tendency to be selfish. Now, I usually tell the youthies, or when I was still a, a teacher at school, I asked them, what is the opposite of love? And obviously, they would say hate. That's the first thing that comes to mind. But I said, no, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is selfishness. Anita, someone's escaping. Don't get too into my preacher. Hey? Your daughters run out there. <laughs> okay. So the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is selfishness. Because we have a tendency of 
It's me, it's me, it's me. I want to work hard. I want to read my Bible and I want to spend time with God so that I can get gifts, so that I can reach a certain position, so that I can be reckoned as a leader, or so that I can come onto eldership, or so that I can be the next Andrew Selly. And that is not the nature and the character of God. See, God, in, in, in John 1, we read that Jesus wasn't, Jesus didn't start to exist the day he was born or conceived in, in Mary's womb. Jesus was with God. Uh, John 1 says, in the, the word was in the beginning. It was with God. In, uh, in, in, in uh, Genesis 1, we see God saying, let us make man. And so Jesus was there from the beginning. And Jesus was in the glory of God. He was in the throne room of God. But then he left the throne room of God and he came down become a baby. <laughs> Imagine Jesus being on the throne room, becoming a baby that couldn't do anything for himself, that had, some, had to submit to fallible parents, that had to obey them, that washed the disciples' feet, and that ultimately hung on a cross and died for our sins. So the nature of God is to go down and to serve, and our nature through our gifts should also be to serve others. We should portray God's character when God gives us this gift, these gifts. These gifts are not for you. It is for His glory to build up His church and to love His people. You guys get that? Now you get people that abuse these gifts. And we get extreme examples of people. Donnie, do you want a prophetic word over your life? you want to hear what God has on his heart for you? Just quickly, 2,000 rand. Yeah. Before you do it, before I give it to you, you must just put in the money and then I will give you. And so that is an extreme example. And that happens. That may be like, whoa, what is that? That happens where, where people are like, you need to sell your home and give money and then God will, as so we get that. But also in more subtle ways where we use maybe our gifting to attain a certain position, like I just said, or um, manipulate or, um, yeah. And, uh, and so never, ever, ever use your gift because it's not for you. Gifting is not for you. It's there to serve um, other people, to serve the body of Christ. Let's quickly look at these gifts um, some of them are obvious. Some of them I'll just explain in, in two, uh, two or three words. Um, in verse 8 to 10, we see, I'm not going to read everything. I'm just going to list them. Um, we see the utterance of wisdom. Um, we see the utterance of knowledge. We see gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecies, ability to distinguish between spirits various kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And then I also went through the Bible and find that, uh, other spiritual gifts. We see leadership. We see the gift of administration. My wife has got that one. Um, she loves admin and she's very, very good at it. Um, we see gift of teaching, shepherding, faith. Uh, I mean, I can't remember when that was, but I think it was Danelle and Natasha. Where's Natasha? That prayed for, I think it was for, I can't remember, Andre. For, uh, but they prayed, they took the mind, they prayed for healing or something. And, and yo, we could just feel the faith. And so that is a gift. Um, 
exhortation. You know, guys, that you spend time with them and you just feel so uplifted and almost ready to take on, you know. And, and so that is the gift of exhortation. Evangelism, apostleship, the gift of serving, packing these chairs, the ability to do it well is a gift. Hospitality. Um, some people just make you feel so at home. Mercy, giving, and then also, I don't know if you knew about this, but the gift of celibacy is also a gift. Um, not there for everyone. All right, verse number 11. All these, so Paul lists all these gifts, and then he says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That last part, as he wills. So we think in our mind that if we are fed, if I'm a, a grandparent, I always think of it in this way, if I'm a grandparent and I have five grandchildren and they come to me and they ask for a cool drink, I give the same portion to everyone. Is that fair? Is that fair? Seems fair, but what if one is 12 and one is two? It's still fair that the one that's 12 get the same amount as the two-year-old. No, it's not fair. And so this say that God gives according to His will. We all receive a measure of gifts. Am I still alive? Yes. We all receive a measure of gifts according to His will. And so why did God choose Roland to lead this congregation and not, not Donnie, for instance? Why can someone like Tian play guitar and not me? Why can, and I can go through a lot of examples, but we don't know. And it is just because God chooses. When we read through the scripture, we, we read of Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas, uh, Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul. And then at some time, it changed and it became Paul and Barnabas. And, and so God chooses the ones that he chooses to do the job that he does. I mean, look in the Old Testament. Why did God choose Gideon, for instance, who was like a, a weak character? Why did God choose him to become a, a judge for the nation of Israel? Um, and here's the thing that we need to understand, is that God has a plan for every single one of us. He has a plan and a purpose for every single person sitting here. And we need to be faithful with that plan. And if we get handed this little bit, the Bible says we need to be faithful. And as we are faithful in the little, God will trust us with more. The next point. We together are the body of Christ. Verse 12 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, uh, and and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Verse fourteen says, "For the body does not consist of one member, but of many." See, if I come to this church, I bring something. I'm like maybe an ear, and Donny is maybe a nose, and Brett is maybe an eye. And so when we come together, on our own, we cannot reflect Jesus fully. But if we come together, every single one, bring our, we bring our own unique gifting. And together, it becomes the body of Christ. Together, it reflects Jesus. We all have a role to play. 
And I want you guys to understand this. And this is maybe the, the one thing that, that I want to highlight this morning is we all have a role to play. We all are unique. We all have our own gifting. And we all are super important. And I'll get to that. Verse 15 says, If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. What would it make? Uh, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he choose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. We all have a role to play. We cannot say, because I'm not the guy up front, because I'm not the teacher, that I'm indispensable, I don't have to come to church. And, and, and so I want to say this. And I want you guys to hear carefully. It's a lie if the enemy says, you can stay away from church because what do you bring? Bible, if we read this, we see that everyone, every one of us, the body contains of many members. So we sitting here, we are the body. And everyone brings something. Every one of us bring a little gifting that is necessary to fully reflect Jesus. And I'm not saying that you are not allowed to take off Sunday like Roland and Patty are doing resting. Absolutely. Absolutely. But never think that, ah, they're not going to miss me. That's a lie. If, if, if I, my, pink, my pinky toe, I need it. Okay, if it's not there, I won't be complete. If it's sore, that pain will creep up and I will start to walk with a limb and eventually I'll get back pain because I have to walk like this. And so every single one of us is important. Every single gift is necessary. And my question to you this morning is, what is your role? What is the gifting that you bring to this church? And if, if we don't know, it's fine. If we don't know, then we need to figure it out this morning, hopefully. Verse 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. And at this point, I wanted to use a rugby analogy, but I know that there's a lot of guys I've come to know that there's not a lot of rugby fans in this congregation. Um, we, 
we, Donnie, we have some work to do. But so let's use a Formula One example, okay? We all know that Max Verstappen will win this year, okay? Can we just agree on that? And, um, and we all know that Red Bull will win the Constructors' uh, League. And so when, when the victory, when he's on the podium, whose face will be displayed all over social media, all over the news? Max, his face will be there. And he will be uh, the guy that is honored and he will receive all the glory. But will we ever know that guy's name that changes the tire when he comes in for a pit stop? Will we ever know his name? Andre, do you know his name? We don't know his name. Brett, has that guy, does that guy, does he have an important job? Absolutely important. If he doesn't do his job, Max will never win. Okay? Let's say, Lewis, just to make uh, Brett happy. A couple years, a long time ago, <laughs> when Hamilton used to win, <laughs> that guy that replaced his tire, we never knew. We all knew that Lewis won seven times or whatever. Was it in a row or was it all over? Okay, he won seven times. But we, none of us, none of us know the mechanic's names or the guys changing the tires. But is that guy's job important? Absolutely important. And so all of us here, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose. God is on a journey with you. You have a gifting. You need to figure out what that gifting is. You need to bring that gifting into the body of Christ. And you need to understand that you have an important role to play. Can I get some of this? Can I get some of this? Because we need to understand that. And so, and here's the thing, and I'm not picking on, I'm, I'm, also, I'm also some Sundays that I'm like, I tell Roland I won't be there on this Sunday. I ask him actually because I don't get paid, but I do work actually. I am an elder, so I have to ask him. But there's some of us that believes a lie that thinks, ah, they, they won't miss me. First of all, you're part of the family, man. If I all of a sudden cut off my toe, I would miss that thing. Okay? And so first of all, you're part of the family. You need to be here. And, but the other thing is also you bring something. We're not complete. We don't fully, Brackenfell, Josh Jane, don't fully reflect Jesus without you. And I don't want to make this thing, uh, you are important, and I don't want to, like it's a, 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 what do you call it, a self, uh, self-motivation preach. I don't want to make you feel good. But man, you have to understand that Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. And if Jesus, who is God, thought it important enough to die on a cross for you, then obviously we will also love you and want you here and miss you when you are not here. All right. Is there a hierarchy in terms of gifts? Is there a hierarchy? Well, if we read verse 28, Paul says, God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. So are there a hierarchy? Yes, there is, but not in terms of importance. It is in terms of maybe influence, maybe responsibility, 
but there's not a hierarchy in terms of importance. The guy packing out the chairs are super important. You are the guy that replaces the tire in a Formula One team. You don't get recognition. Sound guys, Gary, no one would say, Gary, sound was awesome today. They would go to Tian and say, the sound was awesome, you sounded good. So Tian would get the glory, but Tian is nothing without, <laughs> Andre shaking his head, Tian is nothing without Gary making him sound good. And I guess the same goes for drummers, eh, Lane? <laughs> All right. And so there is a hierarchy, but not in terms of importance, in terms of um, influence, maybe, and responsibility. Paul ends that in verse 20, uh, uh, 31, where he says, earnestly desire the higher gifts. So I was at a position where I thought I couldn't, desire to become an elder i thought it was wrong and actually bible says we can desire that but we have to do it earnestly and not for selfish gain and not for me 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 i want to be in the spotlight all right we, we want to desire it or we can desire it because we want to have more influence we want to serve people better um, and then I love this next part. Uh, probably for me, the favorite line in this whole chapter is the very last one. And Paul says, after you have, after I've placed this, um, uh, the spiritual gifts into um, um, perspective, um, after we went through all of them, after I said that, um, spoke about the first apostle, second prophet, he goes through that hierarchy, he ends with this he says all of this is very cool but i will show you still a more excellent way and then what follows that line 1 corinthians 13 and 1 corinthians 1 corinthians 13 starts with if i speak in tongues of men and of angels but i have not love i am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal Listen to this. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith to remove Table Mountain, but I have not love, I am nothing. So you can be as gifted as you want to be. If you do not have love, you are nothing. And what is the reason for that? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8 to 10 says, Love never ends. As for prophecy, they will pass away. Tongues will cease. Knowledge will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And so I want you guys, and I'm landing with that. You can try and be as gifted as you want to. If you don't have love, you have nothing. We need to love God and we need to love people. And from a place of love, we must earnestly desire these gifts and we should use these gifts to bless others. It's not for you, it's for other people. Okay, you guys, you get that? All right, I think as a response, I want to speak to two groups of people. And so the first group, I want you guys to be bold. I want you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to stand. 
if this is you. If you feel that you have no gift and you have no purpose in this congregation and you are, you come here and you leave and you have nothing to contribute. If you feel like that, I, I want you guys to stand and I want those around you to just pray for you and just ask, Lord, come show them what their gifts are. Is there anyone, any one of you that feel that way? You can be honest. This is not a shameful thing. The next one is a little bit more embarrassing. I'm not going to ask them to stand. But say, if you feel like, oh man, I haven't figured out what my gifting is yet. I don't know what it is yet. I, I would love to pray for you this morning. Any one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Are there more? More people? ask those around them to lay hands on them and then just pray with me this if there's more of you you can you can stand as well you just say lord just i don't know what my what my gifting is i don't know my purpose in this church awesome yeah lord so first of all father god i i just want to Guys, I want to commend you for being bold. And so, Father, I want to thank you for the way that you've created these men and women. Lord, and we want to thank you that no one is made by accident. No one is here by accident. No one is here without a purpose. Lord, you destined us. While we were still in our mother's womb, you predestined us to be ministers into your kingdom to be priests and so lord these people men and women standing lord i pray that you will come show them your what you have for them for them in particular lord lord these are men and women that don't want these giftings for themselves they want the spiritual gift so that they can be a blessing to those around them and so father right now i ask that you will come and just come fill them with your holy spirit Lord, come fill them with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, come give them these gifts. Thank you that we can trust that you are a good father, that you give good gifts. Lord, the Bible says, Jesus says, that you will pour out your spirit. It's not just give your spirit, you will pour out your spirit. And so, Jesus, I pray, come pour out your Spirit on them, Lord. Come pour out your Spirit on them, Father. Come pour out your Spirit on them. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. You guys can continue to pray for them, but I want to call a second group of you guys. And you don't have to stand. You don't have to indicate. I want you guys to decide in your own heart. If you feel that the Holy Spirit nudges you and convicts you, then this is that I'm speaking of you. And here's the thing. If you have lost your love for the ministry, if you have started desiring gifts out of ambition, out of pride, out of duty, out of selfishness, if this is you, then... I'm going to pray for you and you have to decide on your own. You don't have to give me any indication. But Lord, for me, myself, for Johandra, I come to you, Lord. And I apologize for sometimes desiring higher gifts but not earnestly.